Welcome to Land Speed Legends, a podcast talking to the men, the women, the legends that make land speed racing great. Discover the stories of these ordinary people whose passion for land speed racing has made them legendary. And now, here's your host, the Bonneville Belle, the High Boy Honey, the Salt Princess, Allison Volk-Dean. Hey, today we are at the beautiful Bonneville Salt Flats, and are. I have the legendary Russ Ayers, who is all warmed up to tell me wonderful stories. <laughs> so let's just uh, let's just get started on you. Your you grew up on a farm in Iowa, and uh, that's where you kind of got started. Got all interested in machinery and motors and engines, and and uh, lived in a place where. Uh, you had sufficient time and materials to do things with, but you really couldn't go out and buy fancy new toys. And and a lot of the kids in the neighborhood had motor scooters. So my brother and I built one, uh, built it ourselves. Uh, he he knew how to weld when he was uh, nine. I didn't learn till I was 10, but we had plenty of steel around and plenty of time and effort. So we built a motor scooter, but we couldn't go as fast as the Cushman's. And we figured the way to take care of that. We had a we had a Briggs and Stratton engine that had been used actually on a washing machine. But uh, we took that little <laughs> five horse Briggs and Stratton engine out, and we put in off of my dad's hay bale elevator. We put in a sixteen horsepower uh, Wisconsin flathead engine, and we could beat everybody in the neighborhood. Uh, just <laughs> nobody could keep up with this until it came hay in time, and Dad needed the motor back. We had to go back to the. <laughs> To the wimp motor, but that's where we got interested in cars Races and in your racing. blood. Yeah, started yeah. started there, and so then you guys, your family moves to California. It sounds like right, and, and um, early in the actually, I was going to say early fifty. It actually was in January fifty three. We oh, moved wow. to moved okay. to uh, moved to California, uh, and did what kids normally do. You get bored sitting around doing nothing, <laughs> so you go find something to do and. Both my brother and I found uh, 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 jobs in uh, gas stations, uh, and the gas station that he was working in after school and, and weekends and all, there the guy that owned that gas station uh, had a race car mm-hmm. that raced at Bonneville, and we helped him work on the car and everything else uh, that goes with the you know kid entertaining himself at the a couple of years after I actually was met first met. The guy in the gas station, uh, Louis Bingham, owned Bird Rock <laughs> Mobile Gas, and and I uh, it, we he, we found out he was going to Bonneville, and so we were all, one of the main things we had to do if if there was nothing else left to do was wax the car. So we had waxed other, his race car up just as best you could get it, and all that. And then a friend of mine that I met in high school at in in California, his. He was going. He was graduating. He was going to go off to college, and his parents said, "Well, you can have a month off and do whatever you want." And he had this Triumph TR3, TR2, a British sports car uh, thing. And they, uh, he want, He said, "Well, I want to go visit my some earlier friend of his that had moved to Iowa." Mm-hmm. I said, "Well, I know where Iowa is. Mm-hmm. I've, <laughs> I've been there before." Yeah, I didn't know the park he lived in, <laughs> but we took a trip uh, to go back for his graduation present and uh we went too fast got went went did we uh did too many things too quick and and wound up ready to go home uh three weeks before his time was up 
And I said, well, I'll tell you what let's do. We're sitting here in Iowa and we got to go to Southern California. Let's go home by way of Utah <laughs> and go to the Salt Flats because I got I have a friend who's got a car that's going to be there. Great. So we proceeded to get our way to Bonneville, uh, ran out of car the clutch went out in salt lake city on our way west so we had to put the car into a garage to get fixed and we were uh planning on overnighting in the city park with our uh sleeping bags and our uh whatever we and we we were all get set up found us a place to roll out our sleeping bags and a fellow with a uniform on that they call a cop came by <laughs> and said no nah, you can't do that you can't do that so we grabbed our bags and walked out to the highway a couple of miles away and hitchhiked to Wendover. And uh, so now we're in Wendover and it's evening and uh, we said, well, we'll go, we'll see if we can get a room somewhere. Well, you can't. I mean, there were, A, there were no casinos and big, well, there was a casino, but not nothing like yeah. there is nowadays. Uh, and the, and the, there were some little cabins behind the Western Motel, but they were all full. Mm. Uh and we knew some of the people. We thought, well, well, can we sleep on the floor? No, we already got two guys sleeping <laughs> on the floor. So we slept in our cots down at the side of the uh, bank, you know, right about where uh, uh, Crawford's place is right now. It's where we were. It wasn't there, of course, but yeah, uh, in fact, it ain't even Crawford's place anymore. But sorry about that. Good, uh, that's all right. <laughs> uh, so uh, we 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 woke we woke up early in the morning to hear this really loud racket. And we jumped up and out of our bags and crawled up to the top of the road because we were kind of down on a bank by the railroad track. And it was Tom Beatty driving out to the salts to race his in his tank <laughs> in his tank with a blown three ninety four Oldsmobile, just full boat. He was driving it out. He says, "Well, he says I can't really get on it very hard because it'll go too fast." And he says, "They don't like me driving it if I go too fast <laughs> out the highway." And that's the way he got out. He said, well, I jumped warmed, across warmed the it up that yeah, way. Yeah. But we did get to go back and get the car and come out and watch the races and participate in, and had a lot of fun. and uh, Got the bug. Got the bug. Yeah, you got hooked. You never go just once. <laughs> not to Bonneville. And so you guys went from spectator to racing. So next, what year, happened? Yeah. next year, we brought the car back with the required roll bars and braces and the proper fire equipment. And those days, the, the suits were... A certain grade of coverall dipped in um, potash. I well, no, when boraxo, burn boraxo, <laughs> fire, a fire retardant suit. That was what, you, and you needed a helmet and gloves. But yeah. you just get in, and, and we we had a lot of fun. We made a lot of runs. Thing went 105 miles an hour, which is, I mean, not bad for that little car, but it wasn't very exciting because the class was going 125 miles an hour. So. Uh, I kept coming, but more as a helper to other race teams. Um, uh, we'd go up and be uh, Louis Bingham's uh, support crew. You know, uh, we'd wax his car before we left, and then we'd help push it around when it was up there. And and we did we we had a lot of fun with that with that car. And then later on, I got teamed up with another fellow named Fred Willard, who had who was running a blown uh, Buick at the time, and. Uh, it it never it was a very exciting car, but it was never not a very successful car. No, it, it either it went it went very fast through the quarter, maybe even make the 
it got it was on the long course instantly all the time, but it rarely would make the other end of the track, and you'd have to rebuild it. And mm. we did that on the salt several times. It's just one of those cars that was built about twenty percent past the limit for max <laughs> performance, without even bothering to take care of some of the fundamentals that keep the motor alive. Yeah. And uh, so it was broke a lot, but. And I decided that helping other guys was fun, uh, but I wanted more involvement, wanted to ride. So I, I another friend of mine, uh, Pete Dean, was running a Roadster, a uh, 29 Roadster on 32 mm-hmm. rails with a, with a small block Chevy. And he had blown up his motor, and he didn't have enough money to build a new one. Oh, I had one that was in pretty good shape, so we made some changes and souped it up a little bit. And so we ran under Dean and Fenn, I mean, uh, Dean and Ayers, and... And later, uh, uh, Ed Fenn joined us, and it was Dean Arison Fenn. But it was my motor and Pete's car, and we ran that for quite a few years in the D class, the mm-hmm. 305-inch class, and did did reasonably well. Uh, the problem is it's his car, <laughs> and yes, it was my motor, and I'd get a ride now and then at the lakes, but I never did get a ride at Bonneville out of, out of the car because it was his car. And I, you know, I kind of understand well, that. But that's but, my engine. So I said, well, you know, I'm going to build my own car. And uh, and I did. I built several of them. I, had, I raced my little Model A pickup with flatheads for a while. But that's also a hard, hard way to be competitive because flatheads are tough to make run fast and mm-hmm. they break quite easily. And uh, I, it just was... Uh, and I was running in a in a, a a a not very streamlined class, full fendered street roadsters yeah. and all that sort of thing. So I eventually retired it, uh, the flathead, and put an Oldsmobile in it because Oldsmobiles were such a fantastic engineering marvel that it was clear that the entire world was going to be running Oldsmobiles within probably the next year or two. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be right on the cutting, cutting edge. edge of this. And then the next year they discontinued the entire <laughs> engine class. I still have some, but mm-hmm. I, I don't have any parts for them anymore. <laughs> uh, that, but I, it, that's now my street car. I drive it around. I don't race it. No, and that was a pickup that you're... My Roadster pickup, yeah. Yeah, that was the pickup that you're racing. Oh, yeah, with the flathead and then I put the Oldsmobile in it. Yeah. Yeah. That that was kind of where I started going when I moved off from racing with Pete Dean. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then you moved on to... Did you you connect up with any other partners after that? Or were you kind of just on your own from there? No, I've run... With lots of guys, yeah. you know, but generally it didn't take me long to get to where it, it's my car, my motor. Yeah. In fact, I typically at a meet out here, I'll have, I'll have three or four motors. Yeah. But I don't, and I've had as many as three cars and three or four motors out here at one meet. I don't do that anymore. It's yeah. just, I'm too well, old. It's too much work. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I like motors. I like weird things. Yeah. I like. Yeah. Ones, uh, so, well, yeah. And so that truck that you were running, you, how long did you run that for? Into the late 70s. Late 70s? Guess, yeah, yeah. And you're fairly successful with it. What was the fastest you had? Well, been? the best flathead speed I ever had in it was 118. Mm. Uh, but there was a guy that was running down. This was at the lakes. I never did get that kind of number up here out uh-huh. of it, uh, mainly because there's just not enough air and I didn't have enough. I yeah. need to get enough parts to build around it. But there was a fellow that was um, 
Abbey was his name, Joe mm-hmm. Abbey, uh, that ran here and the lakes both. And he was running, you know, 8, 10, 12 miles an hour mm-hmm. faster. And so that's yeah. when I put, that's when I really stepped it up and put the Oldsmobile <laughs> in it. Uh, okay, there you go. <laughs> and I eventually, I eventually got up to, uh, I guess my best story about uh, running the Oldsmobile was that it was a uh, a 54 Oldsmobile, which was 330, well, by the time I boarded out, it was 335 cubic inches, so it ran in the C-Class. And a guy that was a uh, producer uh, of a uh, hot rod magazine, uh-huh. uh, in fact, his car is rather famous car, it's a uh, Tom McMullen is his name. He came out to the lakes with this beautiful 32 Roadster on 32 rails with a paint job that probably cost him $20,000. I mean, beautiful black car with red flames mm. and all chrome motor. It was a 350 Chevy, so he ran in the same class. And then uh, he he made uh, that was back before uh, you had separate classes for blowers. If you had a blower on it, you you right. stepped up a class. You didn't really have a separate class for blowers. So uh, I beat him twice at the lakes with my Oldsmobile, and then he finally figured out how to, how to make it work, and that was the end. Of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of retired the Oldsmobile, and I put a little. Street motor in it, and that's my. That's what you you run around in. Yeah, my run around, and then I built a, uh, I built a roadster that I've been running up here ever since. That's what you did next was mm-hmm. build the roadster. Built build a, uh, um, basically tube chassis frame with a we're allowed by the rules in the gas and fuel roadster class to stretch them mm-hmm. a certain amount in, uh, and a. <clears throat> Knowing all the rules, uh, help, helping write them, <laughs> I, I stretched it as far as I could. Uh, I even had a paint job on it one time that got me protested a couple of times because it appeared I had stretched it more than I had. Ah. Because what I I, I had the, the grill shell was molded right into the uh, uh, hood side panels and mm-hmm. top. And I didn't paint the, the grill shell as thick as it really was. I stopped the paint very close to the front of the curl of the 32 shell. And so a couple of guys came up and they were measuring the length of the car from where the paint stopped, which wasn't where the grill shell edge stopped. But they said, yeah, this car's illegal. <laughs> oh, no, uh, it's not. Yeah, Trust it me. wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> so, well, that car is, you ran that car and it's it's gotten... That car first ran in 87. Okay. Uh, now, did you, was your intent to get in the two club on in that car? Was that kind of why... You built well, it, or what was? Did you have just kind of wanted to see I, what you could do? Or? Yeah, I built it because I, I, I wasn't going to take my Roadster pickup, which was a pretty good shape and good finish, good condition, mm-hmm. good all steel. It wasn't original power, but it, all steel, all original. It was, a, it was a, a car that I didn't want to put on the salt and yeah. waste. It's been here three or four times, right? Where that guy <laughs> right put here not the on the, the road, and <laughs> the road not on the salt. But I, yeah, and I built a a, a twenty nine on, um, well, it wasn't on thirty two rails. It's twenty nine on a box on a tube custom tube mm. chassis. Yeah, and so um, what I'm trying to find out, like, uh, what what records were you getting at that time? Because it was it's I, a while from I where you built started, that and you get you get the two When I first started running. Um, I was running big, bigger motors, not the little mm-hmm. Chevys. I was running big blocks, and 
And I was running in the B class. Uh, and a couple of times I ran in the A class. And the records in those classes were, at the time, they were in the 230 range. And they were being uh, tossed back and forth. I raced against a guy from Salt Lake named Larry Volk, <laughs> uh, who had that record for a while. And I also raced against a guy that uh, from Northern California, some fun car. I, I oh, can't yeah. remember his yeah, name right now. Yeah, that was such a cool car. I mean, yeah, the, paint job, cool. the paint job was really fun. Yeah, yeah I love that car. Yeah. And he, and and he finally did what I thought somebody would eventually do. He went down and bought him a pro stock motor, mm. and I was able to make a motor that it maybe make out of a out of a B motor. I could probably get seven hundred, maybe seven seven and a quarter. Mm. And uh, I'm not sure. Well, I do. I am sure where the other guys were getting more power. They had bigger heads, bigger mm. and better heads, and. You know, and they were making more power, and I said, you know, what am I going to do about this? So I chased that, those numbers until Chuck Salmon, the Some Fun guy, <laughs> put that uh, A and B Roadster numbers so far out there that I said, oh, I, I know. know. That's so frustrating. So then I, I, I changed classes, and I started with a, uh, in the uh, uh, F uh, motor class with a half a Chevy for a mm -hmm. while, and then I turbocharged it for a while, and it's... The cars had a lot of engines in it. Currently, it's got a little 256-inch Chevrolet, and it's running rather dismally. They all, all <laughs> do that until they get extract their pound of flesh. Yeah. It's running on methanol. It's my first venture into methanol, uh -huh. and I uh, thought it would be simple. I said, well, I've read all the books. I kind of know what I'm doing about this. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> But it did it did very well. Both the both the little half motor and the little two fifty six did very well on gasoline. Mm. Well enough that I would run them in fuel class and refuel to let refuse to let the fuel tester look at my gas. He says, "Well, and I'm you you won't let me test it. Your fuel." And I says, "Right on. Yeah, I'm already going faster than the fuel guys." But I it, now my car is in the position where I I, I can't get away with that because the guys who know what they're doing and are running. Real, really running fuel and know what they're doing. Uh, they're running five miles and they're going faster mm -hmm. than me, and I I can't run that far. I can only all the records I've set with that car uh, in the in the uh, supercharged uh, turbocharged stuff, whether it's fuel or glass, whether it's glass, glass it's in doesn't make any difference. It's all gas. I've yeah. never run any fuel. Are, are all done in the three mile mm. because uh, even though I qualify to go the full five miles. Uh, my motor won't last that long. It's a, <laughs> it's a three mile kind it's of car. It's a three mile car, right? <laughs> and so I decided the way to get it to go farther was um, uh, to put it on methanol and make it last, live longer. Mm -hmm. Because I, I I was advised a long time ago by a guy I respect a great deal in the racing world, Fast Freddy, mm. and I said, you know, how the hell you guys come out here and go just right off the bat, you guys. Go fast, then you come back and go faster, and you come back and go faster. He says, it's simple, real simple. The simple formula to go fast is you build a car, and you go out and you run it. And he says, uh, if you've still got traction, you put more power in. Mm. You put more power in until you lose traction. Then you go back and build more traction into the car until you run out of power. Then you go back and put more power in it till you run out of traction. I started doing that, and I started going faster. Nice. He's like, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> he does. He does. But right now, I'm at the point where I can't follow his advice because I don't know how to make 
my motor work enough to i mean i'm at the i got the traction issue deal i can't make the power so. yeah so you're kind of stuck yeah a little bit but well so when you got in the two club what what were you that, i got in the two club with my half motor okay um in 2010 i came up here with a in my car my, my roadster i had a uh a, a, a little little tiny V8, unblown, unturbocharged, mm-hmm. and um, due to some errors that I made, I wound up uh, Saturday afternoon wasting the motor. So I'm sitting there dead for the week because I don't have enough parts here to rebuild it. And my little turbo half motor was in the Bean Bandits mm. uh, modified roadster, and that's. Saturday afternoon, he went out on the short course. They're trying to get it qualified to go in the long course. The record was, I think, 204. Mm-hmm. And he went through the uh, three mile at uh, 223, 226, 226. And he came pulling back into the pits. And I said, What are you doing back in the pits? You qualified. He said, No, I was just trying to get on the long course. I said, I don't care. You qualify. <laughs> go back and you'll have to run your back up on that zone, of course, but go go get an impound before your time is out. So he did. And he made his backup run the next day uh, at 236 in the three mile in the modified roadster with my little half motor. And so, you know, he's in the two club, Dan Waldrop says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. And uh, so I said, all right, now uh, you're going to have to, he was then they're going to start letting the other kids have a ride, and I said, "No, no, I want my engine back." <laughs> so we we had a guy drive up from San Diego with some because that engine had initially been in that car, and we we had a Lakes record with it, but not a not a Bonneville record yet. Uh, so we took it out of his car uh, or the Ian Bannett's car and put it in my eight thirty two car, and uh, that's how I got in the two club in twenty ten. Nice. And then it, at the end of the meet, uh, uh, I had the record for, I don't know, four, 14 hours. The next day, a friend took a ride in it and qualified again. So that's the little motor that did. Three, that, yeah. three, three, uh, three cars, three uh, engines, three, two clubs. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it, the, it, it was kind of a funny set up because the car was set up for a bigger motor and to go a lot faster mm-hmm. and the engine didn't have enough horsepower to pull the gear but i didn't have another uh gear uh, center section to put in it so we just r- ran it through in third gear barely getting into high gear every time. <laughs> every time. it works hey it works. i mean you're not the only one that does yeah. that i'm sure so yeah. uh yeah and so that that's in 2010 now you were racing at the lakes too at the same time oh, yeah. and yeah, yeah. are you in the uh the El Mirage 200 mile an hour club? Yeah. Okay. Did you in, get- the, in the in that same car, but in a in a uh, B fuel motor. Mm-hmm. It was a big block. Uh, after I decided I couldn't catch up with the the Volk boys up here on gasoline, <laughs> I went to the lakes and put uh, a bunch of nitrous in it. Oh, okay. And I got the I got the B fuel Roadster uh, normally aspirated uh, record at, okay. at the lakes. Which I held until just last year. The um, uh, uh, Doug Robinson with his ninety uh, percent uh, nitro burning John Force <laughs> motor. They 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 got, but that's the way records. Did they are. get you by a lot? Um, I held the record at two thirty five, and they went two thirty eight. Okay, not too. But much. they've since gone two fifty one. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, got, it definitely got bumped up. Yeah. 
Well, um, so that's in 2010, and you got those. You got yourself and two other Dan, people in. Dan yeah, Waldrop and, and Terry was the other kids. Okay, name. and then um, then you get your son in the club too. You get Eric. He, he got in the club in 2021. We'd been again screwing around with this little bitty 256 motor with a turbo on it. Uh, running gasoline, but the record we wanted was the fuel record because it it wasn't set by uh, Jerry Kugel, mm. uh, not the boys. He that was one Jerry set himself, oh. and it was I don't know set. Uh, I don't might have been in the might have been the late sixties, early seventies. One of the longest standing records that ever was in the book, but it was fuel roaster, and so okay, I said we'll just call this fuel roaster and. We went out and got that record, uh, but we did it in the three mile. Oh, okay. That's and pretty. We've since lost that record because uh, the Wilson, not Wilson and Waters, Waters and Mangeli, that same car. Yeah, the that three, crew. The 369 car. Mm -hmm. um, it it uh, qualified on our record. We, we He went, Eric went down at 246 and back at, 249, something like that, on a, a 234 record. Wow. And What class was that that he was running? E, uh, blown, e, e blown fuel wow. roaster. Yeah. Yeah. But, but they're, but they, they're running the whole five miles, uh, uh, waters and guys. Yeah. And, and I can't run nine miles unless I can make <laughs> methanol work. So that's where, that's where I'm at now. Still studying <laughs> to make methanol work. And no. so you're still you're just still working on that your methanol project. Yeah, we got a lakes meet here next weekend, and uh, that's been a problem. We we've, not only have we lost some meets up here uh, at the salt, we mm -hmm. we haven't had any luck getting a meet in down uh, at El Mirage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, already had one canceled this year. Yeah. We had one that was half canceled, uh, but that's life. Yeah, half canceled, huh? You well, we it was a two day meet, oh. and we got to run one day of it. Yeah, and then there came a weird storm. Yeah, but everybody's itching to go racing. Yes, indeed. So what? 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 Um, who's driving the car right now? Eric is. Eric is, mm -hmm. and he's just trying to get that that record. Well, if we can. I, I, I don't know. We'll we'll try course two to start with. That's what we normally do. Mm -hmm. but course two's a little bit little bit tough out there right now. Mm -hmm. It needs it needs some care and feeding and mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to get it all done by the time, but um we we need to we need to find out how to to make methanol run. Either whether we figure it out at the lakes or figure it out here. But if we can make that car live for five miles, uh, we'll we'll qualify on it. Nice. All right. I mean that's that's confidence. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you need a little of that, huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but meanwhile, like while you're doing all this racing, you're kind of getting more involved on the like other end, the volunteer end of the, of racing. So you are doing SCTA and San Diego Roadster Club and Save the Salt. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is your involvement in that? You can just start with one of them. Yeah. SCTA well, or, uh, I probably have, in terms of energy and effort and all that, the SETA um, uh, Roadster Committee, mm -hmm. uh, of which I'm the chairman, uh, that's probably where I spend more time than all. Uh, 
I'm also the secretary, uh, though we don't often have meetings of, uh, yeah. of Save the Salt. And sometimes that's active and sometimes it's just kind of waiting around. Yeah. Well, so the, for the chairman of the Roadster Committee, mm-hmm. you, you make the rules for the— Well, no, we don't ha- make the rules. We—, we um, the. The rules have been made, right, so they yeah. exist. So somebody comes along and says, hey, we got this idea and we want to change them. Mm. Well, we do all the research and get the committee members. I don't I don't even get a vote. I just coordinate what everybody else says, and and we make a recommendation to the board that, yeah, the guy, this is right, we should do this, or no, this is wrong, we shouldn't do this. Um, and the board then goes ahead and does whatever the hell they want. Anyway, yeah, cause yeah. Because they're in charge. But And then anytime there's a protest— then mm-hmm. we got to resolve it. You know, mm-hmm. is is the protest right, uh, correct, and valid, and should it be honored or mm-hmm. should it be denied? And uh, that takes and so takes time. How does that protest process work? Like somebody, if somebody has a question about a car, a record, they it's if they get a record, right? Right. They protest the car. Well, the the way it's it's di- a little different between what happens here at Speed Week and what happens at. Uh, at El Mirage, mm. uh, the the rule book says that if a protest is to be made against the car, it has to be made before the close of the meet. Well, here that means before they said ding dong, the meets yeah. over all the week. At at the lakes, it means before the last car runs. Okay. Uh, wh- whether it's a one day or a two day meet, and that protest has to be written down. Exactly what is it you're saying is wrong with this vehicle? And uh, and it has to be con- uh, accompanied by a protest fee, and it's a different amount. Mm-hmm. But at the lakes, it's three hundred, and I I I don't even, truly don't know what it is here right yeah. now. But it's in their procedures. I could go look it up. Yeah. But or, or, no, I couldn't because my microphone gets fall <laughs> off it's, <laughs> on the uh, books. <laughs> yeah. But then once that that the protest doesn't need to be resolved before the meet is done, it needs to be filed, and then it needs to be resolved. Before the beginning of the subsequent meet, well, mm. any so in reality at Bonneville, you could get a protest that you didn't really resolve till the next year. Yeah, but that doesn't normally happen. Yeah. It normally happens by the next board meeting. And, you know, you get you get all the people that need to be involved. The guys on the roadster tech committee, the guy who's made the complaint, the mm-hmm. guy who owns the car, mm-hmm. and you. Take measurements, look at the rules, you know, blah 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 yeah. blah, and, and you make a you make a recommendation uh, to the uh, board. board, and, and the vote. board makes a <laughs> they decision. do whatever the hell they want, <laughs> and they vote. <laughs> so, what do you get more of? Do you get more um, like requests for changes of rules or more protests? Um, probably about the same. It's bad uh, right now, what everybody's requesting for is that, that several years ago they came up with this. Uh, uh, class called the AIR American Iron Roadster mm, class, yeah. and it was for C engines only, and it was for uh, ninety-two and earlier vehicles and components and everything else only. Actually, the vehicles don't have to be ninety-two and early, but all the parts sourcing uh, engines and, and speed equipment and so forth has to have been something that was available in seventy-two and earlier. And uh, we've got a lot of requests. Every, we've got people that want now to add classes to that, and they want to add turbochargers mm-hmm. to that, and they want to add, you know, all this sort of thing. And that wasn't the intent of the class. So generally, when they want to add that, 
the answers, and then it takes, you got to answer all their ins yeah. and outs and everything else. Uh, but then the board votes for the way they want to. <laughs> so there is a new D class, D in AIR oh, now. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, okay. And then you have the Save the Salt. Um, it, that was, you're saying that the chair kind of ebbs and flows, or you're not the chair, yeah, but you're on the, on yeah. the board, or? I'm a, I'm a, I'm the secretary and I haven't been to a meeting in a year. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, and there, there aren't a lot of meetings. Yeah. Right now, that, that is, that is at a fairly, there's not a lot of yeah. action going on right on that now. front at that uh, right now. Sometimes and, it's sometimes there's a lot, and sometimes there's right. Not, depending on I, the the last thing, uh, major thing I did with regard to uh, save the salt is I was requested uh, to a- after last meet's closure here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of suspected surface damage. Based on a bunch of idiots running around out there going 70 miles an hour in their cars and creating, they thought it was funny, they're creating six-foot high waves. And floating around on the tops of these waves was two-foot-by-two-foot plates of salt that had been lifted away from the substrate. They were floating around. Now, what are the odds that those plates are going to come down where they came up? Not very good. And so we were quite concerned, especially out in areas where we have less than an inch of salt thickness, if we float that inch up as a chunk and it moves away 100 yards, what's going to fill in the hole that it left behind it? We didn't know. And so uh, we were asked, was it in November we came out here with Gary McGavin and and I and uh, Dennis Sullivan? We went out and and, and just drove around, reconnoitered the Mm -hmm. area and measured thicknesses. And it wasn't as bad as we had anticipated, and even though the courses right now are not in good shape, that wasn't the reason. The, the, the reason the courses are not in really good shape right now is, in my belief, and I got a quote, uh, the, the good doctor from uh, Utah, uh, I am not a properly degreed, credentialed, uh, whatever you need to be, geologist, I, I, but I do have a PhD in tape measure. We We think from just long experience that rapid drying from an extremely wet year will produce this same kind of problem we're seeing this year all the time. Rapid drying. Rapid drying, yeah. A really wet year, and then suddenly it's uh, it's summer, and it's getting hot, and it dries quickly. Mm. And uh, and, and, and it, it, it does the same thing we're seeing here. Yeah. And it, 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 there's nobody... You can point your finger out and say, "Well, why did you have it dry rapidly?" Well, I asked for <laughs> for not to, but you know, it did. But yeah, I and yeah, I don't. I haven't. We haven't done a lot. Although I do need to. Uh, uh, I guess I got to call Russ Dean. We 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 normally uh, make a request of the we BNI make a request of the Save the Salt to uh, make a. A filament, a salt filament at the end of the road. Mm. It's not really all that bad this year, but there's some years when it's disastrous. You can't even hardly get off the road. So you're just salt. filling it up with salt. You're so just we normally it. contract with a local uh, fellow here, uh, Shelton, and 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 have him uh, uh, bring out some uh, and save the salt. Is the person that normally does that. 
because we've been able to apply for permits and get them in yeah. the past. But unfortunately, all the BLM people now are not the BLM people we were dealing with back when we got the permits. So they might want to have whole new environmental impact plans. Yeah. Whatever. That's frustrating. It is. But that's a an involvement that will probably happen in the next couple of weeks. And yeah. You guys are out here dragging it right now. Right and, now, yeah. And cleaning up the mess. <laughs> the campfires and tent frames. Oh, my and, goodness, yeah. Filled yeah. up the dumpster. Yeah. We well, filled where up. Where are they going to put the fireworks <laughs> that now that the dumpster's full? <laughs> yeah, they'll empty it, yeah. I hope. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they, uh, people just should recognize it when they. I don't know. It's not a bad idea to come out here and have a fire ring and have, right. have a bonfire and just clean up. sit around and enjoy some. But if you packed it in, pack it out. Yeah. Don't leave it That's just kind of the general yeah. rule, right, of yeah. of being outdoors. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the people don't do it, obviously, because there was a lot of stuff out here. But, so, anyways, um, and then you do San Diego Roadster Club. Yeah, I remember. I've been a yeah. member of Roadster Club since... Well, since technically I was should not have been able to join, I you, you're supposed to be you're supposed to have a car and, and be able to participate participate in club events and so forth. And I had a car and I participated, but I was too long, young to have a driver's license, mm. so I used my Iowa driver's license to drive to the club meetings. And so I, <laughs> well, I joined when I was fourteen. You're supposed oh, to wait. really? Yeah, you're supposed you've, to wait till you're sixteen and have a driver's remember license. Remember that long? That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Or do you think you're maybe the longest oldest? No. Who is Louis Bingham? Oh. He's still alive. In fact, his car that I got—it's all started with way back in '57, yeah, back in the that, in the Bird Rock Mobile gas station. Yes, it'll be here. A really? fellow in the bean, I, I rebuilt it, and a fellow in the Bean Bandits, Dan Waldrop. Yeah. He bought it, and guess what kind of engine it's running? Uh, an Oldsmobile. An Oldsmobile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and it, awesome. it was here last year. In fact, we got Louis to take a ride in it. And he's at the, he, Louis is, he, I, I think he's 90. He's five years older than me, and I'm 86. Wow. So he, and and he and he went. Uh, uh, so when he first took the when he first had the car running, and it was out here two years ago. We didn't get any runs, of course, last year at all. Mm-hmm. He got in it and made a pass, and uh, and uh, he went. Uh, he went 93 miles an hour. Wow, and people thing. were cheering him on, saying, he says, we knew you could make your birthday at least. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Right. I love that he it's still a, went out there and did it. That's, yeah, yeah. That takes a lot. Yeah, and it's, yeah. everybody's worried about it now is how can it be competitive? Because what's really happened to these classes uh, uh, is that they're, they really have got old parts in their motors, but they're, they're all new high-tech motors from just un, of unbelievable Building stuff, and Gene Adams is building mm-hmm. one. Uh, Jessel is building one. Uh, Doctor Hopkins has already got over a hundred grand in his, and it hasn't even out yet. Uh, so the whole purpose of that class was to get old people with old classes and old cars. It won't quite make the modern competition mm. scale. And let them bring them out. Well, unfortunately, you can't do that with the safety equipment. I mean, I mm. the the old rules about having a football helmet with a and a and a, and a, and a borax borax soaked uh, soaked pair of coveralls they're not so anymore because and and we won't waive the safety rules so yeah 
It turns out there's a whole lot of money. You got to put in the car to go race anyway. You, you know all about that. Money racing? Imagine that. that I can't imagine. Yeah. But well, and that's and so that it, that is the class that you're that you were running in. That is that the class that you're running in now that you're talking no, about? No, I that what uh, that C class is a normally aspirated. Mm. Uh, uh, oh, seventy-two or yeah. older motor. Okay, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it it it, it uh, a couple of years ago, um, uh, we certainly were not in the competition range. The fellow mm. that is is running a basically running a a, a Chevy powered street roadster mm-hmm. with the fenders off of it and going really really fast. And Dominic. Uh, I'll never remember his last name, but anyway, he runs really hard. That was an interesting, his car got protested once up here. So we waited until he got done with the meet and got his records all set. And then he had to, and he took off the intake manifold and the exhaust port so we could look at things. That's what was being protested mm. was that, that the something illegal had been done to the mm. cylinder heads. And, and that's a typical thing. How can he possibly go that fast? <laughs> you know, must be something wrong. Yeah. And you know, the guy that made the protest says, well, you know, I wanted to know what he'd done wrong and he hadn't done anything wrong. And there you go. I paid, now you know. I, I paid $300 to find that out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But peace of mind, I guess. I, I suppose. Know. I suppose. Well, and that's that's what you're doing now is you're running and, and that same. Hopefully, just five weeks, five, six weeks, we'll mm-hmm. be. Uh, be out here. Be around with me. I mean, trying not, to get five miles. I may not. Well, yeah, <laughs> I've thought about that with this bad course. Yeah. Maybe I ought to go back to gasoline because ah. I know I can run three miles uh, and and go, I don't know if I can go fast enough because those other guys, they're running pretty fast. If yeah. They get, if they get to run five miles, I don't think I can catch them. So I will try to run five miles. Just keep on learning what I got to learn. Yeah. Well, good luck. I hope you I hope you get there. <laughs> hope you get it's, your five-mile run. Hey, hey the, yeah. <laughs> Well, it's more, it's more fun trying than just sitting and watching. So that's right. That's way you can't can't get push, there all the time. Yep. No, you got to push those limits, and it, sometimes it takes a lot of work and a lot of time, but makes it that much better when you get there. Yes, ma'am. So, um, you've been coming out here a long time. I just want to ask you, like, what were um, what what were some of like your favorite cars to watch throughout the the years? I would put at the top of my list. Uh, L Teague's blown fuel roadster before <laughs> oh, he put yeah. before he put the turbo on it. Okay, because you could go down there and watch him coming at the five mile, and you could see the salt smoking off the tires, and you can see the thing picking up speed. And by the time he went by, you'd hear the noise. And, uh-huh. You know, I, I, there's then he cool. went he went faster yeah. with the turbo on it. And I mean, I I don't realize that, but uh, that that just. The whole, you could just kind of feel the yeah. ground vibrate, and uh, I think people get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, that was that, that was, was cool. My, yeah, and then uh, any anybody else? Any other ones that were? I was down there at the uh, uh, actually a little past the four mile uh, one morning when uh, Don Vesco uh, mm-hmm. in not in the Terminator but in the liner when he had the uh, office in it. Uh huh. Um, like, well, Nolan, mm-hmm. Al, this this the Specter car, the had had the had the uh, Cadillac in it. I'll think of his name in a minute. But you got they, three four, other people here. They'll four, figure maybe. <laughs> yeah, four runs 
in an hour and a half, huh. all over 400 miles. Wow. And it was just awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Well, that was great. I loved hearing your story and I like to just get to know a little bit more. I mean, even though I've no, I feel like I know everybody my whole life, but I get to know more about their You've story. Been a while. Yeah, <laughs> I have. I've been here a long time. But yeah, and get to know your story a little bit more. And I just really appreciate you taking the uh, time to talk to me after what is a long day of track prep here out at the Bonneville Salt Flats. And you guys are prepping the track for Speed Week. And uh, we appreciate all that you guys do to get ready for this event. And um, we'd like to be getting ready for uh, events and races for years to come out here at the Salt Flats. So we ask that you go to savethesalt.org and your donation will go to the Salt Restoration Project. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Land Speed Legends. Um, if you do, just I ask that you consider giving it a review, liking it, and please share it. And um, you can also go to my Facebook or Instagram page under Land Speed Legends. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Land Speed Legends. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with the show on Facebook and Instagram under Land Speed Legends. Until next time. <laughs>